0: Interested in taking a deep dive each week into a compliance or compliance-related topic? Then Compliance into the Weeds is the podcast for you. Join Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, and Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, as they go into the weeds to flesh out a story which you can use to better inform your compliance program. Both you and your compliance program will be the better for listening to this podcast. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the voice of Compliance, back again with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Matt, uh, welcome back. Uh,
0: Hello, Tom. Always good to be here talking shop.
1: Well, Matt, uh, this podcast is going to deal with something that is more than tangentially related to uh, coronavirus and COVID 19, but also something that we have both have a fair amount of experience with, and that's the Compliance Conference, more specifically Economics 101 for Compliance Conferences. So could you perhaps start with giving us a basic lesson in Compliance Conference Economics 101?
0: Yeah, sure. So this all came about when uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think on July 15 or so, Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics announced that its big annual conference uh, scheduled for September In Dallas was going to be cancelled in favor of a virtual conference, which I think surprised nobody. And while that's a difficult decision to make, it was unquestionably the right move for SCCE to make to move to a virtual conference. But that got me to thinking about how coronavirus is going to be changing the conference circuit generally. Which I don't know about all the listeners out there, but I enjoy going to compliance conferences. So the economics of this really get scrambled thanks to coronavirus um i could start by laying out the economics 101 is that compliance conferences make money in two ways they have ticket sales from attendees who are paying to go to the conference and they have sponsorship sales from vendors who want to hang out at the conference have a fancy banner throw nice dinners, get a speaking slot and whatnot. But those are your two revenue streams as attendees and sponsors. Usually uh, a good rule of thumb is that your sponsorship sales will cover your fixed costs. And then the attendee sales are the gravy. Um, It's not always like that, but that's always been my rule of thumb when I have programmed conferences and I've run them large and small over many times over the years. Um, and then to give everybody a sense of the dollar amounts that we're talking about for a conference of about five hundred people at a high-end hotel in a major u s city, San Francisco, New York, Washington, Boston, Chicago, something like that. For about five hundred people, it could easily cost half a million dollars to produce a two or three day conference like that. potentially as much as six hundred or eight hundred thousand dollars. Um, potentially a little bit less, but you know, you're in that range of over five, less than 800 for 500 people. It's half a million to $800,000. And that's all the economics before COVID-19. Now along comes the virus and we have to cancel all these events because of public health concerns. And that's smart, even though it's difficult. But the economics of it then gets scrambled profoundly. And we can talk about that. But I think that we are all, as compliance conference attendees, going to have to get our heads around the challenges of compliance conferences, at least until the end of this year. And I suspect we're not going to see another big live compliance conference until 2022, potentially even longer. I don't know. But um, those are the economics of the old days. And now that's all gone right out the window.
1: So, Matt, what do you see as we enter the age of the virtual event? in terms of economics
0: a a couple of big things change if you're hosting a virtual conference Um, number one the fixed costs of that event plummet Uh, i know one group where they have an annual live event of about 300 ish people very high end very high touch um and when they moved that live event to virtual for later on this year Their costs drop by at least 75%, I think closer to 80 or 85%. You can now host a virtual experience with some pretty nice technology that would actually work um, for maybe $100,000 or $150,000. You can run that whole thing compared to the, say, $600,000 or $650,000 I was just talking about to have something at a nice swanky downtown hotel. So fixed costs go through the floor. At the same time, your potential attendees, well, that can skyrocket because now the attendees don't have to travel. Uh, That's no big disruption to their personal schedule. Um, You can reach out to any attendee anywhere in the world with an internet connection. That's all that they need. So you could go from having 300 or 500 people to, well, why not 2,000 or 3,000 or 4,000 attendees at a virtual event? sky's the limit. Uh Aha. But what the limit is, is that your attendee revenue is also likely to plunge. Because if I'm an attendee, like, why am I going to pay a boatload for a virtual event when the live event included a lot of the fancy food? It had a lot of the cocktail receptions and the hobnobbing with uh, people in person. All of that has gone away. Um, So it's very likely that your attendee revenue is going to drop and also sponsorship revenue is going to drop because sponsors are not going to get those chances to hang out and hobnob and take out 20 attendees to a nice swanky dinner. And by the end of it, they close two sales and then they get a half a million in the revenue that's going to be booked by you know, the end of the week. That was the sponsor's appeal to say, I'm going to pay a boatload of money to go to this live event. And that's all gone. So you have lower costs, you have lower revenue, but you have higher attendees potentially if you invest in good marketing. So what that really means is that for middleman conferences, and while I I don't really want to name any names, I'm sure if people think you could figure out some names, but any conferences put together by some group that brings compliance professionals and compliance vendors together, If you are that middleman, you're getting squeezed because a lot of your economic fundamentals have just gone right up in smoke. On the other hand, all of these uh, vital signs or new economic forces here really play up to vendors hosting conferences. And we can get to that in a moment, too. But this is like the new normal now for compliance conferences. The economics of them are very different and make it very difficult for middleman conferences I'll pick on one. Let's say you're the Wall Street Journal. And you want to host a big compliance conference. You're traditional media. You're the middle. That gets very difficult to do. So that's the sort of economic pressure that we're looking at.
1: Now, what about conferences that, for whatever reason, don't need to make money? That may be a lost leader. They may have a different agenda than being the middleman or perhaps even something else.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's a point worth remembering that I said all conferences make money in two ways. Well, a lot of conferences don't actually make money, and they are designed without that intent. And compliance professionals who aren't necessarily in the business, you might not stop to think about it. But rest assured, there are plenty of very good conferences out there that do not make money, but it was never their intention. Um, So, as you said, Tom, they can be loss leaders for other services. and. The disruption that we're seeing to conference economics uh, from the old, well, all of that disruption plays right into what these sort of direct vendors can do for conferences. Um, This is tailor-made for if you want to host your own compliance conference so you can sell other services. The costs are going to be low. Um, Your ability to get speakers, really good speakers, is going to be easier because if I wanted to have you know, Bill Clinton speak at my conference, I would have to make sure that he is available and I'm going to pay a boatload to fly him in. And there's the speaking fee and the logistics. And that's for a live event. Well, if it's a virtual event, I just have to ask Bill Clinton, are you free to talk for 45 minutes from your own home sometime in the next three weeks to pre-record everything? That's all I need. And that becomes much easier to get better speakers. Um, And you don't need attendee revenue because you're interested in capturing info about the attendees. And the more attendees you get, the more sales leads you're generating later on, the more this is playing up to your strength. So a whole lot of this starts to work in favor of vendors hosting their own compliance conferences. Um, They'll need to think about how do we have good programming not just good programming for the greater glory of selling our product which of course is what they're ultimately going to try to do but let's not overwhelm the audience attendee with that let's have a good thoughtful discussion about compliance issues generally they have to figure out how to do that they have to figure out how to reach the compliance market uh and soliciting people virtually is not necessarily easy When you think about how many emails you delete without ever reading them, there's a whole lot of marketing emails that it's very tricky to reach that audience. But all of those big fundamentals that are getting squeezed, they do actually lead to a much better environment for vendors and service providers to host events of their own. And is it going to stick? Is it going to succeed? I don't know. But is it easier to try? Yes, the barrier to entry for this is now much, much lower. So we're going to see, I think, a lot of changes in that direction.
1: Matt, as uh, useful as a virtual conference could be, it does lack the one experience of a live conference, which is that social interaction. Yes. Uh, many people say that 80 to 90% of the reason they go to these conferences is to be around other compliance practitioners, to interact with their peers Uh, some camaraderie, some feeling of community. Uh, Is this something that can be recreated in the virtual uh, conference arena, or is that to be determined?
0: Uh, I am in the to-be-determined camp, but uh, ultimately this is what the attendees say. So all of you listening who have gone to any virtual conferences, uh, you tell me and Tom what you guys think of this, because uh, I am unclear on it. I have gone to some virtual events that I think are very informative. I have registered for other virtual events and forgot that I did and didn't attend a single second of it. Um, and I've attended some that are so boring, my eyes want to glaze over. And I'm sure everybody listening, you've had that same experience too. Um, I think that we all are coming from the pre-set mentality of webinars and Virtual conferences, or are they going to be like webinars all day long for three days? Or is it going to be a different sort of a model? Is it going to be a different technology interface where we're all virtual avatars like the Matrix or something like that? I don't know. Um, I think the technology components to have a very good interactive experience are there. I don't know how easy it is for all companies to capitalize that and deliver a good virtual experience i'll give you my own history from many years ago more than a few years ago now in the early 2010s we tried i tried to host a virtual conference that involved creating a little profile where you could chat with each other and every time i tried to chat with a virtual attendee they deleted themselves and dropped out of the conference so maybe they didn't like me maybe they just wanted the webinars Maybe my virtual avatar had some sort of virtual body odor. I don't know. But it was not a good experience then. The technology has improved a lot over the last 10 years or so. Um, But like you said, I love the personal interaction. And it's not the same at a virtual conference. It's not the same as a Zoom call. It's not the same as just like even hanging out at the park with one or two other compliance officers in your neighborhood, which there is no way to recapture that sort of personal connection that you get uh, when you're in the flesh with somebody else in the same room. So I don't know how this is all going to shake out. But I do think we're going to go through a prolonged period of trying to figure it out with a whole lot of invitations to virtual conferences, some good, some quite good, some average, and probably a few not good. Um, and I'll be curious to see how that goes. But you know, I, I don't envision a scenario where we are going to have a large compliance in-person gathering again until, A, we have a vaccine that exists, and B, many millions of us have had the vaccine already in our arms. So 2022, 23. And then you're going to have to get that through your budget approvals and any public health policy approvals your company has about traveling to large events. Um, only when all those things align are we ever actually going to have another compliance event where there's 500 of us in a ballroom, let alone, say, 2,000, like SCCE. It's, it's going to be a while.
1: Man, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but this has been a fascinating exploration of a, uh, a significant portion of the compliance discipline literally across the country. It certainly bears uh, additional watching, and perhaps we can visit about this again.
0: I hope so, Tom. Thank you.
1: This is Tom Fox. Thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. If you have any questions, you can email Matt at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. You can email me tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you'll join Matt and I again next week where we take up another topic and take a deep dive into the weeds of it. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for being a loyal listener. And we look forward to visiting with you again. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please leave a message on the speaker app on the Compliance Podcast Network.